0: here I am, the hockey guy, podcast, I haven't done a podcast in a while, and really you know what it comes down to is if you're going to talk about like podcast crap, it's got to be something more than just a 3-4 minute video, so let's, uh, well let's, let's go ahead and get to the meat and potatoes of this, um, hockey guy, corporate shill, or just a guy who records in his living room, if your answer is corporate shill, you're wrong. Um, and, and honestly, complete, total honesty, you can't be more wrong. The, the thing I don't understand is this. So, I've had no problem calling out the NHL on inconsistencies with goal interference. I've had no problems with talking about officiating at times. Don't want to discuss it too much because then it sounds like I should be wearing a tinfoil hat. And there's some tinfoil hat wearers that comment regularly on YouTube. Um... There was one comment I deleted this morning because I keep politics out of it, but um, right away people jump on, oh, you're probably one of these liberals that thinks that, um, you know, Hillary would have won the election, but it was rigged and, and, and Trump won it because, and I'm like, wait, I'm arguing the NHL is not rigged because Vegas wins and somehow this became about Hillary Clinton. No, I, I don't think that Trump won because of that. I think a broken electoral college system did it. Because the popular vote Hillary won, but, you know, it's, it's really weird how people will jump from one conclusion to the other. And it always reminds me of that line from, uh, from Office Space. Um, this is horrible, this idea. To Tom, when he says he has this jump to conclusions mat, there would be a mat that would outline conclusions you could jump to a lot of jumping to conclusions that goes on the idea that somehow me supporting the vegas golden knights in what they've been able to do makes me a corporate shell is so bizarre so weird how in the world could i be a corporate shell when i'm i'm nothing to do with it um i haven't changed my style of how i do videos or how my channel works i haven't changed myself um i'm out in public i don't Act any different than I did before I became a YouTuber? I don't do anything different. Um, I, I'm just, you know, I just don't. I don't go to work anymore at a, a crappy job processing meat every day. That's how things have changed. I don't change my opinion on on who I do or don't cheer for. I am still primarily primarily a Canucks fan, followed by Boston, followed by Dallas, and that's it. And I have said all the way through, other than the fact that I was pretty. Ottawa's pretty steady as number four. I don't really have a, oh, i got to have this hierarchy. I'm perfectly fine with Vegas winning. Am I cheering for them? I wasn't really cheering for them that much against San Jose. Because there's a part of me, too, going, yeah, this is a good story. When is it going to be over? This is so strange now. San Jose's this veteran team. They were in the Stanley Cup final two years ago. How in the world is this happening? And, you know, I, I, I coined the phrase for Vegas reasons, but honestly... I'm still trying to come up with a, another reason. And the funny thing is, you know, I had an idea for a video today where I would, I would post all of the totals of the players that, that uh, Vegas picked up from last year. So post how many goals and assists and points, how many games played all of these guys who are keys to Vegas right now. How many of them were good last year for the team that they got picked up from? It's a small list. Other than Florida's handing off Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau to save money, and that's why they did it, I have a hard time finding a guy that you look at and say, oh, well, well, clearly he was going to have the breakthrough year he did in Vegas this year on the team that gave him up because. Look at Howla. Howla gets 29 goals this year for Vegas. How many does he get if he stays in Minnesota? Does he get 20 if he stays in Minnesota? Where... Where Vegas is different is, yes, they had uh, a better options of who they might pick, but they picked the right guys in every case. Almost every single uh, expansion you can look back at and say, wow, that guy was available and they didn't take him. They took that guy instead. That happens almost every time there's an expansion where you'll look at guys who were exposed and not taken. And sometimes it's because of money. Sometimes it's because the guy had a bad year. Sometimes it's that teams just didn't do the scouting on um what they had available to them i honestly think scouting now is way ahead of where it was 20 years ago when minnesota and columbus were brought into the league i think and i think that's where we're at now that's why i have no problem with the idea that seattle's going to be good too and of course people are like oh seattle won't be any good okay but your opinions moot because we all agreed at the start of the year that vegas was going to be crap i predicted 28 wins for vegas this year and i had people telling me that's a bit high and I had other people saying, maybe 30. Maybe maybe they win 30. So here's here's where the tinfoil hat wearers really pissed me off. Because it's like, okay, wait a minute. At the start of the year, you were all saying, max, 30 wins for this team. Now this team overcame your expectations from looking at their roster. And it has to be rigged somehow. Because you you knew all along. Well, wait, you didn't know all along. So the NHL rigged it. But when the expansion draft happened... And, and myself and other people are saying, wait, they passed on these other guys that were available? This is crazy. Um, Josh Bailey was one they passed over in, in uh, for the Islanders in favor of everything they got from the Islanders. They passed over Matt Dumba. There are a lot of examples. I'm not going to get into all of them, but it was quite a list of players. And they passed over some really big players. And we all agreed at the time of the expansion draft, well, all right, I don't know, that Vegas could have got a much better team than this. Yeah, I mean, they got some trades and some players, but geez, I don't know, this looks kind of foolish right now. Guess what? We were all wrong. And I, I find it weird that we will all admit we were wrong about the preseason prediction of where Vegas was going to end up and the storyline that they were going to write. And yet, and yet, here we are, what six months later, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's all rigged." Yeah, no, this system, the NHL rigged it this way. Wait, so the NHL knew that all of these—they knew William Carlson was a forty-goal scorer. Who who knew that? Because Columbus wanted Carlson to be the one that was taken, so that they could protect some of the other assets they had. So who knew this? And the the funny thing to me is when I see, well, Batman wants this and Batman wants that. Okay, so. Um, so Bettman was in favor of Chicago winning three Stanley Cups, so they're not good now because Bettman again or wait, so where does where does this end? So okay, there's a conspiracy against Canada, but Columbus has never won a round. Is that Bettman too? Or, you know, um There was a comment this morning, oh, you know, only uh, Canadian teams have only had six Stanley Cup finalists since 1994. Have you looked at the teams that Canada's put on the ice? Can anybody tell me that the Vancouver Canucks deserve more than two Stanley Cup finals? Or that the Calgary Flames have been this incredible juggernaut during the regular season, but they're screwed in the playoffs? What about Edmonton? Ten years out of the playoffs? Was it the Oilers' fault or the NHL's fault that they sucked, kept getting number one draft picks, and couldn't get any better? This is where the whole argument falls apart for me, and it just it it drives me mental. That's why I'm doing this in a podcast and not in a video, because I don't know what I might say. Ottawa has Ottawa been a juggernaut? No, they went to a final in 2007. Before that, they were a good team that couldn't get past Toronto. Was that Ottawa's fault? Or uh, Ottawa's fault? It was Ottawa's fault. Was that? Uh, Batman's fault that they couldn't beat the Toronto Maple Leafs? That any time you'd mention the name Ed Belfour, they'd all fall into tears? I don't think so. Was it their fault that Patrick Laleem was a goaltender in Ottawa who was good but not great come playoff time? What about Montreal? Remember that, that run Montreal went on that they went to the conference final with Yarrow Halak? Did the NHL step in and stop that, that run in the conference final? Did they say, okay, Montreal's had this great storyline? Uh, but no, they're not allowed to go further. Toronto. Toronto was bad for 10 years. Did the NHL make them bad for 10 years? Like, this is where it all falls apart. It's like when people say, well, Carolina won the Stanley Cup in 2006 because that's what Bettman wanted. Okay, but then why has Carolina been crap for nine years? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't even make financial sense. The the, the 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 best financial move that the NHL could make to make money, to print money, would be to have the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. And I'm telling you right now, if slash when that happens, tinfoil hat wearers are going to come out then and say, well, of course Toronto's going to be the team that wins the Stanley Cup for for the NHL, because the NHL, if they're going to have to give it to Canada eventually, they want it to go to the big, big mecca of hockey, and they can make tons of money on it. So yes, it's a Canadian team, but it's not my Canadian team, so it doesn't count. Ugh. Which Canadian team has upward momentum right now? Ottawa? Ottawa's out of the playoffs uh eric carlson is um potentially on his way out of town uh montreal well outside of Kerry price and his 10 million dollar contract does montreal have a team that looks like they're going up did montreal make mark bergevin trade out pk Subban and then michael Sergachev? no uh, Vancouver is Vancouver on its way to a Stanley Cup? No, we still don't know how many of these prospects are going to be good and how many of them are going to flop. And somebody's going to flop somewhere. And as soon as that happens, again, the the troll will pop up and say, "Oh, I knew it was going to flop." Because, like, this is what drives me. <laughs> this is another thing that drives me nuts. So you'll see Brock Besser do really, really well. Okay, and let's say next year Oliu Levy comes in, and let's let's just throw this out there: You Levy does poorly, or even better, you Levy does poorly. Thatcher Demko looks great, and Elias Patterson looks great. Everything's fantastic. But the troll will then seize on Ole Levy and go, see, Canucks prospect, the guy sucks. This is why the Canucks, this is why Benning should be fired, because he sucks. And it's like, what about Demko and Patterson? Uh, dumb luck. And, and you can't reason with these people, which is, again, why I'm doing the podcast instead of doing video, because I know that. I see these comments that are like, you're a corporate shell," and as soon as I see that, I'm like, I have never made a cent from the actual National Hockey League itself. If anybody knows how to get Gary Bettman on this show, I would love to sit and talk to Gary Bettman about the NHL. And you know what? I honestly, at this stage, because I've read so many, so many, so many comments about Bettman, I would love to sit down and talk to Gary Bettman about the National Hockey League, about Canada, and the fact that he, Gary Bettman, supported the fact that when the Canadian dollar was in the crapper back in the 90s that he allowed for canadian teams with a bad canadian dollar to get money borrowed from the american franchises which had a much stronger dollar to stabilize the canadian franchises yes this was after winnipeg and quebec left yeah no he's he's got this conspiracy against winnipeg except when he gave them atlanta but that that wasn't because he wanted them in atlanta it was because somebody blackmailed them i don't know or somebody found out he was Count Dr- Count Chocula, or I don't know. Whatever it is, whatever reason it is, people who say that Gary Bettman conspires against Canada will find their reasons. And then when you point out that they got Winnipeg back, you go, no, well, they conspired against Quebec City. Did you look at the Quebec City bid? The Quebec City bid was withdrawn. When the Canadian dollar started showing signs of instability again, and you look at who was backing the move to try to bring... An NHL team to Quebec City, it fell apart before the NHL had a chance to say no. Was the NHL going to go to Quebec City before Vegas? No. Should they have, honestly? This is where you guys want to shoot me. The answer is no. Vegas has been a huge success generating the kind of income for the NHL that a a Quebec City team could not have generated. Quebec City doesn't have the population. It does not have the... Uh, press coverage that you're seeing with Vegas, the, the expansion in the States, as much as we in Canada may rail against it, and we'd rather see a team in Moose Jaw than in Vegas, the reality is that the NHL knows where the money is. The money's in the States. And it is, it is this is, this is not something up for debate. I look at the, the exchange rate between the Canadian dollar and the U.S. dollar almost every day. And it fluctuates wildly, but right now it's at an American dollar's worth a $1.29 Canadian. And if anybody wants to try to play that off that it doesn't matter or that a 30% difference isn't significant, I would love for them to bring somebody in the world of business in to tell us why 30% isn't significant. On top of the fact that taxes in Canada are higher, teams pay a higher amount of taxes players pay a higher amount you gotta think coaches would as well they make that same income so there are a lot of financial reasons why it is harder for a canadian team to compete and the number one reason and i've stated this in videos before the pressure on a canadian team is so much higher than the pressure on an american team nashville goes to the finals against pittsburgh and here's the thing the united states doesn't care who wins if if it's if it's Winnipeg in there against, say Pittsburgh, just just use Pittsburgh, then you're going to have people saying, Oh, Canada's team is Winnipeg now, and all of Canada's rallying behind you, and all these Winnipeg players will have microphones getting shoved to the face being told, All of Canada's behind you. How do you feel about that? These guys are human beings. And that pressure, I think, makes a difference. And any time a Canadian team goes to the final, they know all of Canada is watching them. If you're Canucks, you know all of Canada doesn't want you to win other than Canuck fans, and you make your peace with that. But for most Canadian teams in the final, all of Canada is with you. Canada Can Canada get back the cup? How do you guys feel? And it, I really think that makes a difference. When When people talk about unrestricted free agents, Drew Doughty being the big name that's out there right now, so Drew Doughty is clearly going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf because Maple Leaf fans have willed it so. And, and Drew Doughty left that door open last summer. Right now he's talking like he wants to stay in LA, but fans who want to see Doughty as a Leaf are, are not going to listen to that. But players like Doughty don't normally come to Canadian markets because of the pressure. And they don't say it outright usually. But there is a certain amount of anonymity to playing in an American market you won't have in Canada. I am not saying that if, if, a, if a star for the New York Rangers, the LA Kings, Chicago Blackhawks, Detroit Red Wings, if these guys go into certain bars, certain areas of the city, they are going to get recognized and they're probably going to get hassled. But in a Canadian market, the odds of you being hassled are so much higher. I am the hockey guy. I have 38,000 subscribers on YouTube. In the big picture, the big hockey picture, I am not a public figure. I have been approached in public more than 40 times by people who have said, you're the hockey guy from YouTube. Now, I do not play for a professional sports team in Vancouver. I have never played for a professional sports team. How many times a week do you think these players could go out in public without getting hassled? And I'm not saying I get hassled. I'm very um, appreciative of the attention I get, and I'm fine with that. But when I'm doing videos, I don't have 17,000, 18,000 people watching me and criticizing me and booing me and yelling at me. Just imagine if instead of downvotes, it's some guy yelling at me and throwing a beer can at me. That probably wouldn't make me very happy. So I can understand players looking at where they're going to play, like a Drew Doughty next summer, and if Drew Doughty's options are, say, say the Leafs, let's just say Toronto's got that, that hole in the blue line, and he's like, okay, well, I'd like to play for the Leafs. But on the other hand, he's got an option of going to Arizona. I'm using Arizona as the example. He's going to pay less taxes in Arizona. He is going to have a, a greater amount of anonymity playing in Arizona. He's going to have a fantastic climate. Uh, hot, yes, very hot. But a a nice climate and not too far of a drive or too far of a flight if he needs to on his off days to go to LA, to go to Vegas, to go to Dallas, wherever he'd like to go, just still in that southern part of the states. Whereas in Toronto, you want to cross the border and, and go to Detroit or New York, like there's still options, but I would personally think that the ones in the south are going to be more agreeable for family vacations. Players think about all this crap. So let's go back to the Vegas question. Here's where Vegas is going to make everybody angry. And here's why when people say, well, it's not going to last in Vegas and the team's going to be crap, they won't. Players are going to want to play in Vegas. There are players from visiting teams that are seeing this fun fun environment, which has definitely helped that team win games that otherwise shouldn't have won. They are going to say, wow, if I get a chance to come down and play here, I'm going to come down. This is great. And, and they go in there, maybe their team gets a beating laid on them by Vegas. And at the end of the night, they're like, wow, that was that was an experience. And, and, and they'll be mad at themselves for losing the game. And, and they'll talk to their teammates about why they lost. And in the back of their mind, they're thinking, I'm a free agent in July. I have to at least think about playing in Vegas. Vegas will never struggle to attract free agents. They've, at least early on in this first year, they've shown that they want to add draft picks and prospects, and stay young. And and this NHL is all about youth and speed. And Vegas has had both. I just I really don't see this being a a, a team that just falls apart. Now, are they gonna have down years? Yes. Are they gonna make the play miss the playoffs certain years? Absolutely. We're gonna have 32 teams in the league once Seattle's officially named next month, and there will be times where Vegas is not one of the top 16 teams. That's just reality. But the idea that that somehow um, Vegas is is going to to fall off the map altogether is just, it's insane. Um, These guys paid a lot of money. And and Bill Foley paid to bring bring Vegas a team. And people like myself mocked him over the, the, the name of the team and over... Uh, the whole process, and then uh, I was unhappy with Vegas taking forever to get the jerseys out to the public, and I don't know if that was Vegas or if that was the NHL themselves underestimating demand, but Vegas stuff is in high demand. Seattle's gear will be in high demand, too. My guess is when Seattle joins the league, it'll be a much better process, much smoother process. Um, and, and we'll have those jerseys available, I would think, in mid-July for the Seattle franchise that's coming in, um, which is highly likely to be Totems. That's that's the rumor, and, and I can't see it not being the Totems. I just, I look at where the NHL is right now. I look at the final teams in the league for, for the, okay, so tonight you have Winnipeg and Nashville. Winnipeg, this is the first year they got out of the first round. Nashville's never won a Stanley Cup um if if they do win a stanley cup this year then then the fix is in because gary bettman wants to sell hockey in the southern states even though i showed in the video i did yesterday about ticket receipts that nashville likely is one of the top five teams in the league for generating funds without going to the stanley cup and winning it um and the other uh options You have Tampa, who haven't won a Stanley Cup since 2004. Again, it's a Southern team, so I'm sure it'll be some kind of a conspiracy. Um, Vegas, obviously, is a conspiracy because it's her first year. Washington, I'm not sure if this is a conspiracy because of an election or how it's a conspiracy because Washington hasn't been out of the second round in 20 years. So is this just building up dramatic... um, some sort of dramatic tension i mean the funny thing is that i've seen numerous washington capitals games where gary bettman's in the crowd so if the fix is in wouldn't he want the team that he's going to watch wouldn't he want them to get into the next round is it hit is he the jinx is, is he the reason why washington wasn't getting anywhere um and and so there you go like no matter who wins there's going to be a narrative where people say it's a fix and if winnipeg gets it so let's just say Winnipeg wins game seven tonight. They beat Vegas, and they beat either Tampa or Washington. Somebody somewhere will have a reason why, yes, that's a Canadian team, but it's still rigged because. It is, it is really hard for me to answer back to that because it's already set in their minds. I think part of the reason why people get mad at me is because I form an opinion, but because it's an opinion... I don't view my opinion as fact. So my opinion can change. It can change from week to week. It can change from month to month or year to year. That opinion can be shaped by uh, moves that are made by a general manager, can make me change my mind as a general manager, and on that team. So I can go from one week saying, I think Montreal's crap, to the next week saying, you know what? This move they made of bringing in John Tavares, and they signed John Carlson. This is fantastic. Mark Bergevin should be commended. And, and you, you'll see that. And then people are like, oh, now you're just jumping on a bandwagon. That's not a bandwagon. That is acknowledging that somebody did something right. The term bandwagon gets thrown around so bloody much right now. And it doesn't mean what people seem to think. Or at least maybe the terminology has changed in what it means. To me, jumping on a bandwagon used to mean this. Uh, you meet your friend Billy at school. Billy's a big Canucks fan. And the Canucks are in the first round against Edmonton. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm a Canuck fan all the way, man. I hate Edmonton. Edmonton sucks. I can't stand Edmonton. Screw the Edmonton, man. And then a week and a half later, Vancouver's out of the playoffs. And, and here he comes, and he's wearing an Oilers jersey. He's like, I, I knew they were going to lose. I knew they were going to lose. Edmonton's just better. Like... You know, and then you'll tell him. You go, hey, Dippy, you said last week that uh, that you hated Edmonton. He's like, yeah, well, you know, I was thinking about it, and you know, that Ryan Smith, he's got, he had that big game winning goal, and I I like that Ryan Smith, and uh, I I really think he's got a great future, and and uh, they've got that Jeff Delorier in that, I think he's gonna be great too. So you know, you're just you're just jealous because your Canucks are out, and then you'll be like, wait, Dippy, last week you said that the Canucks were your team. Yeah, I kind of forgot that they suck. And I was reminded they suck. And, you know, I used to have this conversation with, with my, my son when he'd go to school. And he'd, he'd tell me, he'd say, you know, all the kids in school always tell me, you know, anytime I wear a Vancouver shirt that the Canucks are crap and the Canucks suck. And I'm like, yeah, but when the Canucks start winning, watch them. Because those are the same people that when the Canucks win five or six in a row, will suddenly throw on their Canucks gear and go, hey, I, I, I knew they were good. They're good this year. This is going to be a good year. That's a bandwagon jumper that's that's how bandwagoning works so when i see oh you're cheering for vegas you just on a bandwagon no because you can't have been off that bandwagon you can't have it it wasn't a wagon last year last year it wasn't a band or a wagon there was no band or wagon there to jump on so i don't say that to people who are vegas fans sometimes people just cheer for the new guy on the block because it's fun it's a brand new team they're brand new it's, it's a brand-new situation for players who are familiar. Maybe you were a William Carlson fan in Columbus and felt Columbus screwed him over. So you see what he's doing in Vegas, and you're like, that's awesome. That's how I became a Bruins fan. I saw Cam Neely get screwed over in Vancouver and not getting what he should have got. He goes to Boston. Bam, he scores 36 goals his first year. I cheer for the Bruins because, you know what? Gosh darn it, Cam Neely's a fantastic player. And finally, he's with an organization that appreciates that. And from then on, all Boston did was pick up guys that I liked, whether it was Dave Christian, Bob Carpenter, or Adam Oates a few years after that. They kept picking up guys that I liked. And Ray Bork, what was there not to like about Ray Bork? Andy Moog. I liked Andy Moog better than Grant Fear. Moog ends up in Boston. That's how it happened. So the idea that people would cheer for Vegas and and say, oh, I'm going to cheer for these guys, it may be because they're a Marc-Andre Fleury fan. They may be a fan of of Colin Miller from Boston. They may be a fan of whoever. And it's so weird to me. So anyways, there you go. There's my rant of the day. You guys can go ahead and leave comments or share this podcast or tell people, man, that hockey guy is so fully crap. Whatever you do, make sure you listen to the whole thing. Make sure that you promote it. Make sure you do whatever you're going to do. Because if you're trolling, that's perfectly fine. It doesn't bother me at all because any and all promotion even people like listen to this guy he's stupid it all adds to more views it all adds to more podcast sessions like this for you guys and it all adds up for me so remember by promoting me in any way shape or form it's still promotion Anyways, thank you guys very much. Uh, for anybody who was wondering about the song at the start of this, that was uh, Ministries Breathe, and uh, it's just a, a little snippet because uh, it's an amazing song, and that was the live version because it's amazing. But uh, just just a little snippet at the start, just to say, hey, um, here's here's today's podcast, and I don't plan on uh, throwing this one anywhere other than on Podbean. So make sure you guys uh, subscribe on Podbean. I apologize that the podcast has been a little spotty. But uh, today I gave you a ton, ton of stuff. Um, 28 minutes and counting at this point. So you're welcome for that. Uh, If you're not subscribed to my uh, YouTube channel, subscribe. The Hockey Guy. You just look up The Hockey Guy on Google and there I am in all of my uh, hideous glory. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being out there, and I'll talk to you again soon.